Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Amen. If you got your Bibles, let's go to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter number four. And we're picking up where we left off on last week. So I'm going to start at uh, verse number. Okay, I'm going to start at verse number um, six. So when you have that, say amen. And before we jump into this, I'm going to make sure that we say our decree over the word. Amen. And we decree that my ears, heart, and spirit are open to perceive the engrafted word of God, which is quick alive and powerful, active, and a spirit of meekness. The ground of my life is fertile to nurture and grow the seed of God's word that will produce fruit in my life. This week, I am a successful doer of what I will hear today, and I will leave here today full of faith, love, power, wisdom, and victory. Amen. If you believe that, come on, put your hands together in Jesus' name. Amen. We're talking about the word of God, the word that comes to confront us, the word that comes to convict us, the word that comes to challenge us, but more importantly, the word that comes to change us. Amen. So we're starting in Revelation chapter number four, and we're going to start at verse number six. And the word of our holy God reads, it says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created amen you can be seated in the presence of our living God and we are still talking um keeping the same title that we had on last week where we were talking about honoring God as we have moved into a new uh, sermon series talking about the honor factor honor is the thing that makes the difference and um, as you observe the lives of people either you're going to see honor working in the lives of people or you're going to see dishonor working in the lives of people and you know as we begin to talk about honor you know even in the, in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, when you look up the word glory, glory is the Hebraic word for glory is kabod, right? And the Hebraic word or the Hebraic definition or understanding of the word kabod uh, in relation to glory, it lets us know that glory and honor are the same thing from a Hebraic perspective. So the word kabod, it describes glory and honor. Um, and I was reading this article about glory and something kind of just captured my attention um, 
as the writer of this article was talking about how he had the opportunity to go and, and sit amongst this orchestra. And I, I can't remember the title of the, uh, uh, of the piece, but it had something to do with uh, either the fear of God or the awe of God. And, and as the orchestra took them on a ride, you know, playing this live music, that the, the writer of this article talked about how the music, at times, it was so moving, it was felt as if they were, he was compelled to come because of the music. In essence, what he was trying to speak to, that the music was trying to capture the glory of God. It was trying to express uh, the nature of God's glory through music. And he began to say that at times the music felt as if he was so excited at times or he was so in awe, so, so captivated by the music, how the suspense of the music, you know, would take him up and take him down. He said, and there were times where the music even had him literally afraid. And he said he could not understand why he was afraid until he went back and he looked at the title. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, like I said, I think the title was talking about the fear of God. And he said, then he began to understand why such music can bring about certain feelings or emotions or stir those emotions and feelings on the inside of him to make him be fearful. Uh, but he began to say, and I quote, he says, no single drawing, painting, photograph, or verbal description could ever capture glory. Glory isn't so much a thing as it is a description of a thing. Read that again. Glory isn't so much a thing as it is a description of a thing. Glory isn't a part of God. It's all that God is. <laughs> I like that. Glory isn't a part of God. It's all that God is. Every aspect of who God is in every part of what God does is glorious. But even that's not enough of a description. Not only is he glorious in every way, but his very glory is glorious. So in essence, with his limited vocabulary, this writer of this article was trying to express that the very nature of God itself is just glory. It is, it is, it is glorious. When, when we experience or encounter the presence of God, we are encountering the glorious nature of God. And so like we said, glory, uh, the Hebraic word is kabod, which defines glory as honor. So honor and glory are considered the same thing according to the Hebraic perspective by it being uh, according to the Hebraic definition kabod. And we'll see another definition for the word glory or we'll see another definition for the word honor in the, in the, in the Greek or in the New Testament as we begin to look at this. So to, to, to come back full circuit to where we were on last week as Pastor Ivan went through the verses and he began to talk about all these different things that was taking place in Revelation chapter number four. And, and what, we, what we even see is uh, there was a Hebraic name meaning Jehovah Elohim which speaks to the plural nature of God, that being well, we know God to be the triune God. When we say the Elohim, we see that it is plural in nature. So it speaks to the triune nature of God or the Trinity, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. But this name Jehovah Elohim is interpreted in the Greek as being God, our creator. And so what we see is we see the creative power or the creative ability of God in Revelation chapter 4, which takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter number 1, where we see God's power throughout the creation week. We see God's ability to create. 
Everything from light, from the sun, the moons, and the stars down to everything that you see with your natural eye, the natural things, the trees, the seas, the waters, the land, the earth, all these different things that we see. And then when you go and look into a mirror, you're seeing God's creation as you look at yourself and yourself is looking back at you in the mirror. That is God's creation. Matter of fact, he said, I've created you in my own image. So we see God's expressive created ability, his expressive created nature, his expressive created power in the book of Genesis. But we see it more defined when we look into the book of Revelation as God has given the apostle John, him being captured or, or sent out on the Isle of Patmos where he's not isolated. And one thing that we talked about even in Bible study, how Pastor Ivan began to let us see that he was seeing in the future. He's caught up in the Holy Spirit at the same time being taken up in the realm of the Spirit. And so in this, we see that he is viewing through an open door, not a window, but an open door. It's not that the door is actually opening, but the Bible lets us know it was an open door. The door was already open. So when he's taken up, the door's already open, giving him the opportunity because the open door signify an opportunity to do something. So with the door being open, he, the Apostle John, has now has an opportunity to actually look and see what God desires to show him. And so we see as he's looking in the realm of the spirit, being caught up in the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, and then taken up in the realm of the spirit, we see that he's peering through this open door and he's seeing one that sits on the throne and he's seeing the throne of God itself and how the rainbows and all these different uh, 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 precious stones and all these different things that he's trying to describe again with this limited vocabulary of what's taking place in heaven. Till he gets to the point where he sees this, this, this sea of glass like crystal and we talked about how that anytime we see in scripture waters oftentimes uh, a symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we see this translucent or uh, uh, this, this, this water so clear. Uh, it's as if you can even see the reflections of heaven. When you think about it, you can see reflections on water and stuff, right? Uh, and you can see reflections of heaven. When you think about the different lights and all these different things that are taking place in in heaven um, better yet I used another word on Wednesday when I was talking about this word transparent nature transparent right uh, it's transparent it is it is clear nothing is inhibiting what's there it's, it's transparent and it speaks to the transparent nature of God where nothing is hitting but the other thing that you will notice in heaven everything that God has created it speaks to God himself. You could see, if we were able to say God had a fingerprint, you could see God's fingerprint upon everything that he's created. The fingerprint speaks to the one who created it. In other words, we see the essence of whatever God has created. We see the essence of God in everything that he has created. So everything in heaven and in earth is a reflection somehow of God. So even as we move down to verse number six, and it says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, there were four beasts full of eyes, and before and behind. We see these four beasts, and we begin to talk about these four beasts. 
You know, and as we talked about these different four beasts, there are different uh, theories that many theologians have about the four beasts. And the word beast is better interpreted in the Hebrew, uh, in the Greek, I should say, as living beings. Although uh, three of the four have the face of an animal, it's still been interpreted as a living being. This is what I found as I begin to look at this up, 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 up close and personal a little bit more. They have the ability to speak. And in order to have the ability to speak, that means they have the ability to think. And in, 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 in that case, okay, which is an expression of soul, because we understand that the, uh, the mind is a part of the soul, Right? So in other words, if, if soul is present, that means they have their own will. Any one of the four beasts could have decided at any point to, you know, when Lucifer and a third of the angels, because it just says angel, doesn't describe all of the different angels in detail that actually left with Lucifer. But at any given point, any one of these four beasts or all of these four beasts could have decided to leave. They had will. But they were intelligent enough to say, no, my position is right here. So although we may see beast-like nature, beast-like resemblance upon three of the animals, it's still speaking to us that these beasts, better interpreted living being, has thought. And they were mindful of the one who created them. Understanding that I have, I have uh, 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 um, created nature I have a created purpose that beyond my will I was created for a higher purpose than to rebel so it says and, and, and these, these four beasts were full of eyes before and behind So all up and down, they got eyes in the front side. All in the back, they got eyes. And, and I begin to look at this and say, okay, God, now how does that relate to us, having these eyes all in the front and all in the back? That no, matter, no matter where they are, they're still able to see God. Oh, y'all don't even understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about on their good days, they're still able to see God. But even if they're able to have a bad day, guess what? They still see God. When things are not going right, guess what? They still see God. When things are not working in their favor, guess what? They still see God. When they had an opportunity to worship, they still see God. But guess what? When life is throwing them a curveball, or better yet, let's put it like this here. When your life sounds like a country song, guess what? They still see God. I like that right there. When, when they life sounds or feels like a country music song. <laughs> Y'all know most country music songs, oh, something bad doesn't happen. All kind of stuff. We just put a, beat, a good beat to something that's bad. But guess what? They still able to see God. When they're content, they see God. When they're struggling, thinking about backsliding, they see God. I said, God, now, now this is what's even crazier. If they were to turn their back to God, 
still see God. If I was in the motion of walking away from God, guess what? While I'm walking away, I still see God. I see that he's so good that guess what? I got to do a 180 turn right back around and come back to my position and just, oh, you are worthy. Because guess what? While I was struggling, I still saw his worth while he was on the throne. I still saw his goodness while he was on the throne. I'm talking about when life is bad. I still saw his goodness while he was seated on the throne. Y'all don't even understand. And, 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 and listen, when we, when we move down in the seven, it says in the first beast, the first beast was like a lion. It's my favorite animal in the whole wide world. Me and my wife, favorite animals. Whole wide world. Now, most lions are going to be known for their beautiful manes and all these different things. Or, and even the Bible talks about they're the most feared animal amongst all the beasts. So it, when you're talking about the lion, it speaks to the courage of the lion, the bravery of the lion. But how many know there's a flip side? There's another side to the lion, the ferocious side, that, that killer side of the lion. <laughs> Now, there are some days where you brave and you're courageous, but then most times you find yourself ferocious, ready to kill. Oh, yes, you, you find yourself ready to kill. The, the lion understands that it sits atop the animal kingdom. There are some lions, you can watch them, how they walk. They walk like they know, I ain't, I ain't worried about nothing. I ain't worried about nothing. <laughs> Just, it's in their walk. So there's a certain, you feel me where I'm going, there's a certain pride that the animal itself walks with. And some days when it's not your courage, and some days when it's not your ferocious anger, then guess what? It is your pride that gets the best of you. We said, and the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast, like, the beast like a calf or an ox. The animal that bears burdens, that carries things, that carries heavy loads. Do you know somebody, and can you relate? To where you've been there, where you've been carrying heavy loads and trying to understand why so much pressure is placed upon me. I don't even understand what it is exactly that I'm called to do and who I'm called to be. But all of this pressure that has been placed upon me, you feel like, God, if I don't keep on walking, God, I feel like I'm about to lose my mind, God. I feel like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. But God understood there is something about you. There is a call that is upon your life that you can carry this heavy load. And there are times, even when you're carrying this heavy load, you can say, I need an assist, Jesus, because you are the heavy load carer. You're the burden bearer. Bear this burden for me, God. But you know what? Whether it be the calf or whether it be the ox, some days this animal can be very, very, very stubborn. I know you see God for who you see him as. You see that he's worthy, but some days you're stubborn. Mm -hmm. You see that he's worthy to be praised and worthy to be magnified and worthy to be glorified. But some days you're stubborn uh, because it's all about you today. You just, you ain't fitting nobody else but yourself. It's all about you. And you and your stubbornness won't allow you to give God the praise. Although deep down on the inside, you know that he's worthy to be magnified. 
but your stubbornness. But even in your stubbornness, guess what? It lets you know that you're strong enough to carry stuff too. Up to about five times your own weight, you can carry. Uh, I said up to about five times your own natural weight. And you complaining about what you got to carry. When you actually have the strength to carry it. I can understand your complaint if you were not strong enough to carry it. Why would I complain about carrying this phone when I got the strength to carry it? Now, if I had to walk around with eight of these chairs stacked up on my back. Now, listen now. Now, the devil is a lie, y'all. Some of y'all, y'all, got, y'all see me struggling to carry these chairs. I can understand your complaint when it's something that is difficult for you to carry. But you have the strength to carry it. Could it be you just don't like? The thing that you have to carry. I don't like this anointing that I have to carry, God. I don't like this call that I have to carry, God. Oh, give me something else to carry, God, and I will carry it, God. But this right here, the pressure of walking out your word, walking out your will and your purpose, God. No, he gave you the strength to carry this thing. And he talks about the face as a man. And isn't this ironic? Three of the four beasts have a face of some type of animal. And in the midst of the animals, there was the face of this human. It's debatable that when man fell from glory, he lost his original place. And had to dwell amongst or come on a level. Although his intelligence still supersedes that of the animal. But that level of dominance that he was supposed to operate in. He's now on a level where he's with these other animals. That's a debate. But as a man, you still got to humble yourself. You know what I found now? When I'm mad and upset, it's one of the most difficult times to humble myself. Because <laughs> uh, when I'm angry, my mind is telling me that I'm right. And my mind is letting me know that, guess what, it's my way. And my mind is telling me they don't understand. I have a right to be angry. Oh, but as a man, you got to humble yourself. I don't know why we're going this way because that ain't even in my my. my stuff but you got to humble yourself question why is it so difficult when you're so angry to humble yourself in your anger why do you remember what they said to you you remember what they said any other time but oh let y'all have an argument You keep replaying that over and you keep bringing that up over and over and over again. I thought we said sorry to one another. I thought we moved past this. But it seemed to be that one of us moved past it while the other one stood right there and kept holding on to it. Oh no, you got to humble yourself. 
third beast had the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And see, what I like about the eagle, sometimes you got you to gotta fly higher than some of the stuff that you're dealing with. Matter of fact, scientifically, they say when there's a storm, the eagle doesn't turn and fly in the opposite direction when the storm is approaching. It flies head on into the storm. And you know what it does before it actually gets into the storm? It flies above the storm and it coasts. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You keep running from the storms in your life, acting like the storms in your life are going to settle themselves. They tell me the only way to get through a storm is to do what? Go through it. You know what, but I got a different perspective. I'm going over this joint. Oh, no. I'm going to have the mentality of an eager and fly over the storm. The storm may come. What I understand, there are going to be storms of life. I probably can't stop them. I don't necessarily have to go through them. He's giving me another perspective. I can fly over it. One of the other interesting things that I find out about eagles is that every spring, Every spring, there was a shedding that takes place of the eagle's wings. And a new birthing of the wings come forth. Even David spoke about it. And let me be renewed like the eagle. New wings come forth. Anything that was damaged is shed away. Anything that was hindering my ability to soar above the storm is shed away. In other words, God has given me everything I need to successfully deal with the storms. Oh, y'all don't understand. Let's let's go back into the whole. Okay. So listen, also when we talk about these four beasts, it is is stated that they're symbolic. Because we said the lion represents the lion of the tribe of Judah, the calf or the ox. It's symbolic for the red heifer, and we understand when the red heifer was given, it was for the atonement of death. So we understand that the red heifer is also symbolic of the burden bearer, Jesus Christ. It's all images of Christ. All these different faces of these particular angels are different images of Christ. And even when we talk about the man, the face of the man, we see the God-man, the Theanthropos. Fully God, but fully man at the same time. And then we see the eagle, him being representation of the high priest or the prophet, because we understand Christ was prophet, priest, and king. Not only that, this is something else about the four beasts. The four beasts, they're representations of the natural kingdoms. The natural kingdoms. Right? Look at the kingdom or the domain of the lion. The carnivorous animals. Then you look at the, the calf, the domain of the calf, the herbivores, its domain. And then you got man. And then you got this eagle. So they represent, they're representatives of the natural kingdom. All of these would be considered the kings of their domain. 
The lion is king of this domain. The calf or the ox will be king of its domain. Man is king of its domain. And then when you think about the eagle, the eagle is considered the king of its domain, the king of all fowls or king of all birds. But again, even when we look at this natural representatives of the natural kingdom, he's still talking about Jesus. He's still the king of kings. Even over the kings of these natural realms, I'm still king over these kings. Because guess what? These, these four beasts or four living beings, they're before the king or they're before the seated throne of God, giving honor and glory to God. Kings of their own domains, but yet giving honor and glory to God, to the king of kings. So something else when we talk about. When you look at these particular four faces, the face of the lion, the face of the calf, the man and the eagle. It's a perfect, a perfect presentation or a perfect picture of service. Right? When you talk about being as brave as the lion or as patient as the calf or the ox or as aspiring as the eagle or intelligent as the man. All of this represents a servant who understands who they're actually serving. Because what you typically are not finding in the church nowadays, you're not finding brave Christians. Oh, we got some weak Christians. They're, they're, they're afraid to let people know that they live for Jesus Christ, that they're saved and, and, and born again. They love the Lord Jesus Christ. Especially when you think of all the different reasons why a person could be afraid in this day and age. Nowadays, it's popular to be Christian. Hear what I say. It's popular to be Christian. You ask everybody now. Everybody talking about they saved. No, I'm talking about saved how the Bible says to be saved. That me submitting myself to this truth of the word of God is offensive to some people in my life. See, we don't have many brave Christians like that in the church. Who brave enough to say, no, I was convicted by the Holy Ghost. I cannot cuss. Well, what's wrong with cussing? I'm talking about Bray, who was convicted by the Holy Ghost or convicted by the Word of God. I don't listen to secular music, because guess what? It's teaching me something that is contrary to the Word of God. Brave like that. Who are unapologetically unashamed to give God praise out in the open. I'm not talking about these Christians that just praise God behind closed doors. But out in the public, I want him to know, God, you are my God. It's amazing how I've never went inside my children's school and told them, hi, I'm Pastor Link. I've never introduced myself. Even in church, I don't introduce myself like that. I'd be like, hey, I'm Lincoln. How you doing? But you know what? Everybody knows that I'm a pastor. And it's not because my children walk around. They don't be walking around like, my daddy, my daddy's Pastor Lincoln. They don't do that. They do not do that. I wish they would. But they don't do that. So what am I saying? My life has spoken volumes to the people. Am I going in there speaking in tongues? Nope. I go in there some days with my, my skull cap to the side. Some days that joint be halfway on my head. <laughs> Y'all ought to see me some days. 
running through halls trying to get my children to class on time. And it's not because they see me before I send my children to class. I pray over them. I tried that one time when she kind of got to school. She kind of was looking like <laughs> kindergarten, y'all. I got I laying my hands right on the side of the door. In the name of she, she looking around like, trying to see who watches. I said, look at this foul devil. In the kindergarten. I said, look at this foul devil. I ain't going to do that no more. You about to embarrass both of us. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to have to pray in the car before we get out the car so they can receive the prayer. Because she wasn't even receiving. She was so busy looking around trying to see who watching. Like, you could feel her trying to turn her head. And I'm like, you know, you got to turn her head and hold your head right. In the name of she. Because she know I get loud. <laughs> so I've had to change my strategy and just pray in the car where I can go all in. Right? So I'm saying, unapologetically, not ashamed of him. That's the bravery of what we're talking about. That, that type of bravery is missing in church congregations nowadays. Willing to be the minority when the majority is going contrary to the word of God. Willing to stand alone if everybody else comes against what you say you stand for. Then he talks about this. This patience of a calf or an ox. Patient because they understand they have the strength to carry burdens. I'll get there when I get there. Did you hear what I say? I'll get there when I get there. I'm not going to let anything speed me up. I'll get there when I get there. Oh, no, no. I'm not going to lose sight of what God said. I'll get there when I get there. You understand? No, I understand. That's your pace. I can't run at the pace you're running because guess what? This is a marathon. This ain't no sprint. All you need to know is I'll get there when I get there. Guess what? Me being patient, guess what? Some of y'all may tire out, but guess what? I got the endurance to keep on moving while I'm carrying this heavy load. I'll get there when I get there. He said in this face of a man, this face of a man talks about this the intelligence of the man. I'm intelligent enough to know that I can't make it without him. I'm intelligent enough to know that I need him. No matter how good I think I am, he gave me enough sense to understand I cannot do this without him. I wish y'all understood these scriptures. It's talking about his creative ability, his creative power. That he's placed on the inside of his creations. And his creations in turn, what are his creations are doing in this? Do you recognize what his creations or his creatures are doing? Because you do understand, though we're human beings, we're still considered his creature. Do you understand what his creatures or creation is doing? It is giving back glory and honor to him through the form of worship. With all of my intelligence, high-minded many days, but I understand I got to stay low for him because I need him. And then when you talk about this, this eagle, this aspiring eagle, 
the aspirations of the eagle. And most of us, I pray you have aspirations, dreams, and goals, and all these things. But the eagle is saying, I will not let the storm deter me. I will not let these things that are spinning out of control in my life deter me. I just fire over it. <laughs> Do you know somebody and can you relate? I'll just fly over it. And I'm going to view things from a different perspective. See, sometimes you got to get higher than the very thing that's trying you, than the things that seem to be out of control, and see it for what it really is. Oh, God, I bless you for the perspective, for the eyesight of the eagle. We understand in the Christian world, in order to get high, you must get low. Humble yourself. See, in order for me to get high, I got to lay on my face and begin to pray and seek God. In order for me to get high, I got to get in his word and begin to seek God. If I want to see things from a different perspective. If not, I always see things tunnel vision head on. And it will always appear to be this. But God said, if you can see it from a different angle, if you can see it from a different perspective, you will see exactly what it is. And you will know how to deal with it. Tell me, when the eagle is flying over the storm, what dealings does he have with the storm? Other than to utilize the wind that's coming from the storm to just soar. I ain't even got a flap. I ain't even got a word. Just. You don't even understand. I don't even have to do the work. The storm is doing the work for me. I just stretch out my wings and glide and soar. I'm riding on the currents of the storm. See, even though how you look at the storm, the storm still has a means of getting you where you have to be. Either you're going to get there in the midst of the storm, all broke up and turned with the storm, or you're going to let the currents of the wind as you fly and ride above the storm get you to where you're still going to get there. Now, how you choose to get there, that's on you. Now, I don't want to come broke up no more, God. I want to soar over this thing. The theologians also debate that these four beasts can represent the four gospel accounts of Jesus Christ. And we understand that the four gospel accounts, they, they paint Jesus in various different forms. That's why it's called the synoptic gospel. Very similar, but then there are very differences in the writings or the perspectives or the images of the writers themselves. Matthew presents Jesus as the man. Mark presents him as the lion and Luke the calf or the ox and John as the eagle. Why John the eagle? Because we see John had the vision to see when the open door was open in heaven. He was able to see. He was able to go up. And the Holy Ghost also taken up in the realm of the spirit to see through the open door. He said... And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes. Full of eyes within, and, and they rest not night and day. You would think they would get tired, right? Something in their mind was like, listen, now I've been doing this all day. From the time you created me. I'm looking at Michael, he get a break from fighting. Gabriel, he getting a break from sending messages. 
Surely I can get a break. <laughs> My mouth tired. I need some water or something. Can I get a drink from this crystal glass river? See, whatever. It can, can. See, that would be me. I'll be thinking about stuff like that. I'm a little partial, God. Can a brother, <laughs> can a brother or a lion please get a drink? If you want me to keep on saying this, like, and you want it to sound right and not, my throat is scratchy, but <laughs> can a brother please get a drink of water? But it says in the four beasts, each had six wings about them. Now, when you think about Ezekiel and his vision and how he saw the angels or Isaiah, even in his vision, how they saw the angels. And notice, we talked about this in Bible, so how they're very, very different. The visions, Ezekiel, Isaiah, in comparison to what the Apostle John was able to see is very, very did. They saw visions. Now, it doesn't mean uh, that they didn't see. They saw into the realm of the Spirit, whereas John was taken up in the Holy Spirit into the realm of the Spirit. So he's seen something much more in detail. He's closer to it. The six wings. Because we understand even here in the earth realm, the wings are used for a means of movement. And then the eyes represent vision. How are you even moving in your vision? I'm talking about your personal vision. We haven't even got for the vision, God. We haven't even got there yet. But how are you moving in your own personal vision? How are you moving in the vision that God has given you for your family or for the vision that you've given for your own family? How are you moving in the vision for your marriage? How are you moving in the vision for your children? And then there we say, how are you moving in the vision that God has called you to be a part of? How are you moving in the vision that God has called you to be a part of? Most of us are not even moving. We're just stagnant. We're just standing still. Six wings. Full of eyes within and they rest not day and night. Now, you can look at it as the eyes never find rest. The wings never find rest. Or this living being itself. Rest not day and night. <laughs> Saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty. Do you see the significance of the holy, holy, holy? We said Jehovah Elohim speaks to the plural nature of God, denoting him as the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Holy for the Father. Then we're saying holy for the Son. And then we're saying holy for the Holy Spirit. Lord God. And when you get to the word Lord or when you get to the word God, it is talking about Elohim. It is talking about the triune nature of this God that we're talking about. So it's not just good enough to say the Father is holy, but I want the Son to know that He's holy. I want the Holy Spirit to know that He's holy. But I want the collective Trinity to know God, you are holy and besides you there is no other God. And then the beast begin to declare that you are Lord God. Lord. 
will usurp everything. You're over everything. See, some of us, we really have not made up our mind to truly believe that. We said it's, it has become so cliche. It's in the church that he's Lord. Oh, no, but the Bible declares that he's Lord God Almighty. No, he's the one that's seated on the throne. Matter of fact, we are in the chapter of the book that talks about that God is still on the throne. I understand there are different things that are taking place around the world. But guess what? My God is yet alive and my God is still seated on the throne. And my God is still sovereign. And guess what? My God is still in control. When everything in your life seems to be out of control, he's still in control because he is God all by himself the Bible that calls him he's almighty and in the Greek when you talk about almighty it talks about he who holds or sways over all things Ah, in other words God because of his omnipotent power God has the ability to manipulate things in your favor That, that doesn't supposed to turn. He has the ability to turn. That that seems fixed. He has the ability to change. Oh, see, this speaks to the power of the Almighty. I know you. I know. I know. Many times you thought it was over, but this Almighty God says, "No, I have the ability to sway it. I'm about to turn it in your favor. I'm about to give you a second chance." Okay, I know you well past your second chance. I'm about to give you your thirty fifth chance. I thank God that He had the power to sway. I thank God that He had the power to turn it in my favor. I thank God that He was loving enough. He was kind enough. He was compassionate enough. Oh, He was mindful of me that he let it work in my favor when it shouldn't have worked in my favor I'm talking about when I should have had the judgment of God he allowed me to experience the mercy of God he allowed me to experience the grace of God he allowed me to experience the love of God the kindness of God that is God showing you that I am almighty I'm the one with all the power even the ones that you see with power it's because I gave it to him I set them in those positions and places but the Bible declares that he's the one who sets up kings and takes those same kings down and will place someone else in their stead oh if that is not the almighty then I don't know who the almighty is but my Bible declares that he's the one that's seated on the throne and there are beasts that are crying out holy 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 unto him there are 24 angels that are bowing down before him taking off their crowns and they're worshiping this almighty God Holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Time is no factor. He created time not for himself. He created time to help govern those in the natural realm. But because I'm almighty, I can come in and manipulate time. If I want time to stand still, it will stand still. If I want to redeem the time, I have the power to redeem it. Lord, I'm preaching to myself, God. Because I don't know about you. There are some things that I done messed up. I didn't do it in the timing that God told me to do it in. But God, you are so loving, God. You're so gracious, God, that you can give me a second chance, God. You can let me catch up to where time is, God. Or you can slow that time down, God, that I can catch up with the time, God. So that I can be pleasing in your sight, God. He said, Lord God Almighty, which was and is... And it's to come. He's all powerful. 
was. In other words, he has power over your crazy jacked up past. That same past that most of us can't get past. <laughs> most of us can't get around. He said, guess what? I'm almighty over your past. I don't care what happened to you. I'm almighty over your past. What you keep allowing to hinder you, to stop you, to block you. I am almighty over your past. And where some of us have been stuck in the now because of our past. He's saying, guess what? I'm almighty over your ears. I am almighty over your right now. What you have yet to experience. I'm almighty over that. Oh, God, I bless your wonderful name, God. He says, and when. I wish I had a few Bible scholars right there. And, and when. The word when is denoting time. And when. Those living beings, because beast is interpreted in the Greek as living beings. And when those living beings. See now, because it's not giving us a specific name, because guess what? You and I are human beings, which denotes that we are living beings. Uh, and when those living beings, I told you, see, this is a passage about worship. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all didn't come to worship, but I got too much going on in my life. I can't do nothing but worship. I got to give God the glory. You don't understand. Even when it doesn't make sense, I still got to give God the glory. Ah, I still got to bless his wonderful name. I still got to exalt him. I still got to lift my hands and give God the praise. You don't understand. He's that good of a God and win the living beings. I'm going to keep saying it to hopefully you're going to catch on and win the living beings. You represent, you and I represent the living beings right now and win the living beings. I know you feel broken. I know you felt rejected. I know you felt betrayed. I know you felt let down. I know you felt like you got the short end of the stick. But and when the living beings, my God, <laughs> Woo. when you forgot about the problem and when the living beings, uh, when you forgot about the sickness and when the living beings, and when you forgot about what seemed to be dead and when the living beings give glory. Come on, you ought to give him doxa. Ah, glory in the Greek is doxa. You ought to give him glory. Come on. You ought to give God glory. Glory in the Greek, the word doxa is talking about most glorious condition. It is talking about the most exalted state. My most exalted state is giving God glory. What am I saying? When I can come outside of myself, when I can get over me, take my eyes off of me, forget about what I've been going through, forget about what I've been tried with, forget about where I feel like God has failed me, forget about where I've even had the boldness to believe or think that God lied to me and still come outside of myself and give God the glory. I am in my exalted state. I'm exalted. Why? Because I'm humbling myself. Still saying, hmm, get the glory. They don't say that in church no more. We used to tell an old folk, we say, get the glory. 
Oh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Golden said, glory to the lamb. I, I wish y'all would come on and help me push this thing. Glory to the lamb of God. The lamb that was slain. The lamb that is worthy of his very name. Glory to the lamb of God. Glory to the God that's seated upon the throne. Glory to the one that's high and lifted up. Glory to the king of kings and lord of lords. And when those beasts, those living beings give glory and honor. Do you understand honor in the Greek? The word for honor is time. Time is spelled time though. The transliteral spelling of time looks like the word time. So if we had to do a play on words, I'm going to give him glory, but I'm going to honor him by giving him my time. You know what you love by the time that you're willing to give to it. Uh, y'all not going to help me right there. I'm going to give him my honor. Or I'm going to give him my love as I give him my time. Oh, God, you can have my time in prayer, God. You can have my time in an session, God. You can have my time in studying the word, God. You can have my time when I praise you, God. You can have my time when I worship you, God. You can have my time when I meditate upon what your word says, God. When I study the word, God, you can have all of me, God. when those beasts living beings give glory do you understand all they they are dwelling in eternity forever time forever always I'm giving him glory and honor this is my created purpose. This is my created nature. I'm giving him glory and honor. But then the Bible also says, and they gave him thanks. In other words, they gave him thanksgiving. <laughs> you see how simple God has made this thing? Thanksgiving and those praise. We, we praise God for what he's done. The beast, the living beings, they had no means to be delivered from anything. God never had to deliver them from the hands of Satan or demonic possession, oppression or suppression. But I can only imagine that they're giving God praise. Thank you for creating me, God. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be in your presence, God. Thank you for allowing me to see you for who you are. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to watch you deliver other folks. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to see just how good you are. Just how great you are. Just how forgiving you are. Just how kind you are. Just how merciful you are. How gracious you are. How compassionate you are. Thank you, God. For allowing me to dwell in your heavenly temple, God. Thank you. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, for speaking over us, God, thank you. For singing over us, God, thank you. For allowing us to dwell in the midst of who you are, God. To see you high and to see you lifted up, God. To experience your train, your glory, fill your heavenly temple. God, thank you. Even as we described in a little article talking about the glory, thank you for allowing us to dwell in your glory. What is my glory in comparison to the glory of the Lord? But they're giving thanks 
unto him for allowing me to dwell in your glory. And when the beasts, the living beings, give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. Says then the four twenty elders. They gathered church. The Gentile and Jew that makes up the church. The completed church. The resurrected church. Falls down before him that sat on the throne. In other words, when your worship is so true, so pure, it's going to cause somebody else to see God like they've never saw God before. Somebody else is going to begin to fall down uh, and take their crown, which denotes their authority, which denotes their rank. And they're going to put it down and say, guess what? I'm just a nobody in the presence of this great and awesome somebody that is worthy of the glory, that is worthy of the honor. I got to bow down and I got to lift up holy hands. I got to bow down and I got to open up my mouth and declare God that you're worthy of the praise God that you're worthy of my worship that you're worthy to be magnified and be glorified I, I got to give you my worship God the 24 elders they didn't allow by being in the company of one another they didn't allow they, they didn't let them stop they didn't stop them from getting down but they all, the Bible talks about, they all fell down before him. All on one accord in worship. If we could just get the household to be on one accord in worship. If we could just get the household on one accord in prayer and intercession. If we could get the household to believe the same thing. That God is, that God was, and that God is to come. That God is worthy of the glory, worthy to be magnified, worthy to be exalted. If we could just get on the same page. They all fell down and they begin to worship him. And sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before him saying what are they saying see we made worship become so difficult worship is just the sincerity of your heart about what you know about God what were they saying thou Y'all know that's my word. Y'all know that's my word. Thou. Mm. Sometimes you got to go old school. You don't know like I know. Why I say he's worthy to me. And even when we begin to talk about worthy, y'all, you got to understand we're talking about the weight of something, the value or the weight that you place upon something. And you got to understand when they say, they are, thou art worthy, they're saying you're worthy of your name. I don't know what name you call upon. But there's some days that I'm dealing so bad with rejection and I say, Father, 
He is worthy to be called Father. Yes, he is because his spirit of adoption, he has engrafted us, embraced us into his family of the beloved. Oh, when I need help, I cry out and say, you are my helper. I'm letting him know that he's worthy of his very name, y'all. He's worthy of his very name. Every name that has been ascribed to him, he's worthy of that name. Mm. Even when life itself has not been good, the Bible declares that he's a good God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is worthy of that name that he's a good God. On the days I feel I don't have no direction in life. I don't know which way to turn. But the Bible declares that he's a good shepherd. Oh, he leads me and he guides me. He brings me back to restoration because he restores me. He's worthy of the name to be described to him as a good shepherd. Out of the sincerity of my heart. I take all the focus off of me and place it on him. Mm. Some days I don't even have a name. I just say, God, you're worthy. And then it gets down in my spirit and I say, God, you're so worthy. I will tell him, you're worthy of the praise, God. I will tell him, you're worthy of the honor, God. I would say, God, you're worthy of the glory. I wish I would go ahead and come on. And when the living beings, and when the living beings gave, it says, I want worthy. To receive glory. They're giving. From their created nature and created purpose. They're giving God the glory that was placed upon them. Giving it back to God. And they're saying you are worthy to receive this glory that you bestowed upon us. Here it is. I give it back to you God. to receive glory and honor and power come on when you talk about this power it's the power that's residing in the thing by virtue of its nature. There is a power that abides on the inside of you simply because of the nature of who you are. The natural man, the natural woman. There was a power that God created on the inside of you. And guess what? For most of us, you understand that power is the mere speaking of your word. So give God the power by giving God your affirmations, giving God your adoration, giving God your admiration of who he is by means of your expression of speech. Give God the power. It says, for thou hast created all things. All things that you have created. I 
I've created all these things for my pleasure, says God. y'all want God to be pleased with you do you understand that obedience is the highest form of worship we'll try it again how many y'all want God to be pleased with you purpose is telling you give God the glory and give God the honor and give God the power right now in this moment all you got to do is give God the glory the honor and the power and God is saying I shall be pleased because that's what I created you to do that is the created nature and the created purpose that I placed on the inside of you if you would just give me the glory if you would just give me the armor if you would just give me the power I shall be pleased it's what I created you to do Sing it with some conviction. Sing it with some conviction. Sing it with some conviction. Come on. Because you know what? I can't figure out why we're still holding it back on God. As good as God has been to you, I cannot figure out why we're still holding back on God. Why is it that in churches you got to try to stir people's emotions? I'm not trying to stir you in your emotions. We got emotional worship as it is worship isn't a spiritual encounter with God maybe I'm trying to get you to come up in the realm of your spirit not to your nasty stinking flesh and come up in the realm of the spirit and give God what belongs to him I shouldn't have to talk about you know you're supposed to be here you almost died the devil is alive why can't it be God is just simply worthy of the glory honor and power
verse. Look, look at me. As you get through that verse, take me to our God reigns. Come on, I wish y'all would help God. I wish y'all would help God. I wish y'all would help God. Just for a few minutes. Come on and worship him. Hallelujah. If you got to tell God you're sorry real quick, don't let the devil try to beat you up with anything in your head. If you got to say, God, I repent. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're trying to invite the kingdom into this place. Hallelujah. The king, the king, that's who we want. That's who we want. That's who we want. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. This is where we give him glory. Sometimes it's simple as just lifting up your hand. Or even just singing, God. You reign in my life. God, you're the most powerful one. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't let nothing stand in the way of you encountering him this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on, come on. He's our God. He's our God. We are his people. We are his people. And he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He reigns. 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 He's in control of everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. He's merciful. He's not rejecting you. He knows you can't, we can't earn him. Oh, come on. Just open up and receive. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. He reigns, he reigns, he reigns. Oh, come on. Just put your mind on him. He's been faithful. He's been God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Say it until you lift up your heart to him. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Say it until you lift up your heart to him. Come on, we invite your presence in, God. We invite your presence in, oh God. Hallelujah. Rest in this place. Rest in this place, God. Show your glory in this place, oh God. Throw your weight around in this place, God. Hallelujah. Hey, Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Come on, come on, come on. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Our God, our God, our God. And we give him the glory. And we give him the glory. 
and we give him the glory and we give him the glory and we give him the glory we want to see you God hallelujah we want to see your glory we want to see your glory God your majesty your power in our lives God hallelujah we put our mind on you our hearts on you God hallelujah Show us your glory, God. Show us your glory, God. Hallelujah. Show me your glory. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Show me your glory. You know, sometimes we're waiting for a feeling. And sometimes you got to do an action before you begin to feel a feeling. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just a wave of your hands or an opening up of your mouth or just a simple expression out of your own heart. God, I love you. give you the glory because of what you've done for me. Hallelujah. Because you've been God in my life. Hallelujah. For me this morning I'm reflecting on his faithfulness towards me. He's been so faithful. So dependable. Even when I turned away from him. He's been so dependable. So trustworthy. him faithful. Hallelujah. I call him faithful. I call him true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I love him because he loves me. Hallelujah. And that's what's the, the simplicity of what worship is. God, when nobody else was there, you was there. God, when I didn't understand nothing in my life, you helped me. You were a helper to me. Hallelujah. I thank you for being a helper. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on and give him some glory. Hallelujah. Come on and give him some glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
you're worthy. Alone, God, you're worthy, oh God. Hallelujah. We only honor you, God. Hallelujah. of the honor. Hallelujah. None holy like you. He's worthy of the honor. Hallelujah. during this series I believe this is going to be a heart check for all of us it's not about emotion but it's about your heart being moved and only you really know the truth and it's almost like a God wants to come in and rest but there's a resistance. And it's not so much of because everybody's not crying. It's because some of the condition of our hearts. Amen. And it's not so much that God is saying he can't step over that. But some of us, you just need to receive forgiveness. The enemy is telling you, bringing up sins, bringing up different stuff, why you can't do what other people are doing. Some of it is just condemnation. And some of it is just pride. But I want to encourage us as we learn what honor is. Honor is going to check all of our pride. For me, it's checking me already. Because just like I told y'all this morning, it was hard for me. Why? Because I have so many other things that I give my time to and some of that stuff I'm giving my honor to if I be honest so it's hard to pull that back and give it to God now because I'm still worried about all these other things hallelujah but we have to learn how to come together and honor him because this is where our strength is y'all don't allow anything no mistake no feeling of being inferior no feeling of you don't understand none of that stand in the way amen because throughout these past two Sundays and I'm going to get out your way it's been an opportunity for us to enter into God's presence to honor him and for as many needs that we have as a people this is where his needs our needs get met is in the midst of his glory 
Amen. For some of us, your, ch your child needs to see you go in. Because God is calling some of these young folks like to another level. God is calling them. He's trying to really get their attention. And for some of us as parents, we are distracted. But God is calling them, speaking to them, pulling on them, and they know it. So it's an opportunity for them to come as well. You may not see them move. They may act like they don't feel nothing. But I can tell you of a truth as a young man sitting in church, you know when God's presence is there and you know when it's not. Because it can't be hid. And that's what changed my heart because I encountered him even when I didn't want him. Because the saints didn't care about me not wanting him or me sleeping. They wanted him. And I encountered his presence. And because of that, I was changed even when I didn't want to be. I couldn't pull it back. I couldn't erase it. But God is calling some of them. They know, like there is trouble coming after some of them. Some of them on the cusp of change in their lives, transitioning to different places. Nothing that God does is by coincidence. So I just want to encourage all of us. Because we don't know all of what's going on with our children. And they don't know all of what's going on with us. Hallelujah. So it's imperative that we come in here and take this seriously. Have fun, but take it seriously. We serve a God that loves our life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why he preserved it for many of us. Some of us, we do supposed to be dead. So he does deserve all the glory and all the honor. Amen. And the way that God has moved you to do it. Just like I said, you don't have to cry. You ain't got to lay on the floor. You ain't got to do all that. But if God is moving you to do certain things, don't resist. Amen. Amen. Amen.